Gascast, a Bristol Rovers fans podcast. Hello and welcome to Gascast. I'm your host Harley Thorne and I'm joined by Max Alderson and Tom Metcalf, who are both feeling very positive after what was a massive stride towards safety on Saturday. Uh, there's plenty of positives for us to talk about, so without further ado, let's get stuck in. Um, a beauty from player of the season Ollie Clark, sandwiched between two goals from an unstoppable Johnson Clark Harris, saw the gas grab a vital 3-2 win against Bradford. Mets, let's start with you. Um, Graham's sides are showing themselves capable of battling until the very end at the moment. What's changed? Um, it's, I don't know what it is. He's just got, we've got a bit more grit and a bit more determination about us. It's nice to see. Oh, and obviously having a man like Johnson Clark Harris up front means we can score at pretty much any time in the game. Um, we started against Bradford so poorly. They, we really made them look good. Um, and I think they deserve to go one up. And frankly, I think they deserved when it went to all as well. I thought they were a bit hard done by when we were two one up. So, what Coughlin's done, I think he's got he's moved on the players that, like he said, he doesn't want in the trenches with him. He's got the players there that are going to fight and battle. And I think we've seen that definitely in kind of since January, especially um, that yeah, we we can dig in and we can get the results that we need. Um, is is it pretty? No, it's it's pretty disgusting at the minute. It's it's not nice to watch, but I mean, at this point in the season, it's just points is all that really matters. I don't really care about how the performances are at all. Max, how are you feeling? Have you calmed down after that ending yet? Well, yeah, it was it was certainly a frantic end to the game, to be <laughs> to put it lightly. Um, you know, when that equaliser went in, I think. All of our hearts sunk at once. It had a little bit of feeling about about it that reminded me of that game against Torquay United in League Two um, when we got relegated from the Football League. I think that was about four games from the end and uh, we'd lost that one 2-1. Um, and it just felt like that moment when Bradford scored, it was like, here we go again. We're right back in the mire. Um, we've got four games to go after this one and uh, it's, it's four difficult games as well. So, yeah, I was really taken right to the lowest of the low as a football fan. And then literally about 30 seconds to a minute later, elation, absolute elation. Yeah, just crazy, crazy limbs and crazy scenes. Um, and that's, you know, those are the moments we would go to football matches for, really, aren't they? And uh, Well, typically I went on holiday for it. So, you know, <laughs> it's not like I picked the best games to miss or anything. Um, Mets. We've been somewhat critical of Ollie Clark in recent pods, especially in light of the fact that he has just received player of the season. Um, how good was he on Saturday? Were you impressed? Yeah, I was very impressed, actually. And considering last, I think last time we recorded, I said we should release him at the end of the season. So he obviously... Potentially a slightly different view to a lot of people. <laughs> yeah. <clearly. laughs> um, I was a bit surprised to see him get player of the season, to be honest, because um, there was Locks and James Clark in there. I think both of them have had better seasons than Ollie, definitely. Um, but it's voted for by the players and, you know, we don't see him day in, day out and all the stuff they do around the club. But on Saturday's performance, he was back to top form, you know, driving the play on. I think you were saying earlier when we changed shape, when um, Rodman came on and he was pushed a bit further forward, he looked really dangerous. His shot was amazing as well. Because where I sit, um, I was kind of like diagonally behind him. And as soon as he struck it, you could just see it was going straight in the bins. It was mint. So, um, yeah, if you can keep that up to the end of the season, that'd be nice. But with four games to go, I'm kind of... A bit annoyed that a performance now 
rather than kind of 10 games ago and kind of getting into it. But, you know, I'll take it anyway. It contributed us contributed to us getting a massive three points, so I'm not going to complain about it at all. Max, you were saying before about the formation and how it kind of was suiting Ollie Clark. Um, we come to you and you're a guest of honour because you uh, you actually presented the Player <laughs> of the Season award to Ollie Clark. So perhaps you can... Did you give him a tip? Did you tell him how to strike that into the bottom <laughs> bins? Yeah, I taught him everything he knows, to be honest. So, um, <laughs> no, uh, that was a crazy, crazy uh, evening that sort of ended up with me presenting the award, which I didn't really anticipate when I got invited along. Um, heard you had a bit of an issue opening the envelope yes yeah I've only had 24 years of practice to get it right so uh, <laughs> yeah big moment Max don't don't screw it up and, uh, with all the players and fans and uh, sponsors watching on but yeah no it was it was good I was a bit surprised to see it was Ollie Clark when he opened the envelope to be honest like you say I think uh, James Clark or Lockyer deserved it more personally from my opinion um but obviously the players think differently. They see him in, like you said, Tom, in the change rooms. And he obviously is a big influence. And I, I think that can't be understated. Um, going back to your question about the formation, I think it did suit him when we changed to, it seemed to be a 4-2-3-1 with Ups uh, and Agogo holding, um, Rodman and Circum on the wings, and then Ollie in the attacking role behind Clark Harris. And that that's when we scored the goal, really. So um, I think that was... was uh, Jakubiak came on <clears throat> right at the end. Yeah, Jakubiak came on at, to go on the wing for a bit, didn't yeah. he? So, um, y- yeah, it suited him. And, and that's where Ollie's at his best, really, I think, when he's got um, two players behind him uh, defending and he can kick on and go into that attacking third. I much prefer him there than Circum at the minute. And I think the diamond doesn't really suit Ollie, and I don't really think his game is the nitty-gritty defensive midfielder stuff I think his 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 role is more of a, a driving midfielder now um, and that's what he needs to focus on next definitely season, feel like his main strengths as I said before is shooting and his driving rather than kind of his tackling although he is good at tackling I think going forward is definitely better than going backwards yeah agree. also you were up in the uh in the posh seats in the boxes weren't you I was yeah how, yeah. how was that that was nice For yeah clubs Got a great, great view of uh, the goals, and to be honest, when uh, Bradford scored, I uh, I got out of my seat, went inside, and kicked a chair over. So <laughs> I, was, I, I had the uh, court casing coming for gas cast. Um, <laughs> yeah, we do not affiliate ourselves with Max Alderson's actions yeah. at the game. Football hooliganism. <laughs> We're not up for it. <laughs> yeah, devastating, and uh, I think I I sort of stood in the box on my own. Well, the rest of the people I was with were out there, and then I sort of sulked back out and as I came out onto the balcony we went down that wing and scored the goal and then I was running back inside and <laughs> kicking over more chairs. Yeah, kicking over more chairs. <laughs> Flip the table a throwing lot. the food on the floor, <laughs> getting no no. It was it was it was uh it was nice to be up in a box. Um for yeah, it was a good view up there and um it's it's worth paying ninety quid for. If you get thirteen mates together like we did and um pay pay eighty, ninety quid each, uh it's worth doing for it's a nice it's a nice way to do it once a season. I'm not sure I have 13 mates. No. I would, uh, that would <laughs> be a... 90 quid. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Um, Gascast is clearly funding the uh, £90 fee, but I haven't yeah. really got uh, 13 mates, so no, we'll try our best. Um, back to the game. Um, Mets, how much credit does Graham deserve? A lot more than we give him. I <laughs> know. Uh, that's, that's, that's why I've written this down, you see, because I feel like we're quite harsh. Um, I think a lot of people are quite harsh on him, but you cannot argue with what he's achieved so far. No, a lot of people are saying, like, oh, if he's here in the summer. You even said it, didn't you say at the awards? Or after one of the um, the post-match, he said, if I'm here next season, you're thinking, 
the form since he's taken over has been incredible. I mean, I'll go back to it. The football hasn't been great. And we are a one-man team still with Johnson, Clark, Harris. But still, he has put together a team. He's put out teams that have been that have dragged us right out of trouble. And, you know, we're up in 14th now. I, I, he gets not enough praise. Not enough at all, I think. And actually, his tactics, again, we're all bemused when he changes shape as if he's doing it all by accident. But he changed shape on Saturday and it worked. He's you know, utilised the diamond quite a lot, which I quite like, and it works. When he did change against Donny and it didn't work, changed it back. You know, he, he has got a bit of flexibility there. Um, and yeah, we all kind of take him for a bit of an idiot, to be honest. But for some reason, yeah, well, yeah, I, I don't give him nearly enough praise. So here's to you, Graham. Well done. You're doing a great job, mate. Everyone raise a glass to Graham Cufflin uh, <laughs> from the SS Great Cufflin. Max, what, what are your thoughts on Graham at the moment? Um, I'm in two minds to be honest because um, I I don't I, he's inherited a bad squad, hasn't he? Let's 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 get that out of the way first. It's, they're not his players. Only two of those players did he bring in, and those were Agogo and Clark Harris. Um, one of those has been absolutely sensational, ten out of ten signing, um, and Agogo has been pretty reliable, probably a six point five out of ten, seven out of ten every week. Um, and he's making the best of what is frankly a dreadful squad. We could see that when Daryl went, that the squad was all over the place. It was midfield heavy without any real quality there. We had no one up front who could put the ball in the back of the net. And the defence, whilst it was solid, offered no support out wide to the rest of the team. Um, and for for Coffin to come in and think, right, let's, let's make ourselves as solid as possible and play to what little strengths we have and grind out these points, yeah, fair play to him. That, that does take some element of tactical nous. And I think he does deserve a summer to bring in his own players, get rid of who he doesn't want and sign, you know, players who can play a system that he envisages. Envision. Yeah, what's the word? Envisage. Envisage. Envisages. Was that going to be your next question about do you keep, do you let him have a summer and what kind of style of play can we expect? Because he hasn't really come in with a philosophy, has he? Like Max has said, he's inherited an imbalanced kind of squad and he's made the best of it. To be honest, the reason that I'm saying it is because I... I was someone that from the moment he got it, I didn't want to see him have it next season, really. Um, but now, I think it would be absolute madness to not have him have next season, which is quite a turnaround for my point of view. I mean, I'm not even pretending to be a sensible football fan, right? I'm <laughs> I'm the one hosting it, so I don't have to give most of the opinions. <laughs> um, I, I'm completely turned around. I mean... Then again, how can you not be with that with those results? But the, the concern is, like you say, the the tactics aren't exactly beautiful, are they? No. Um, but I'm not I'm not one that's like deluded, and I don't think I don't like it when certain supporters, not necessarily of Rovers but of other clubs, you know, they they say we need to be playing beautiful football, you know, the academy needs to be playing the Rovers way, and I'm like, well, we haven't really got a way, have we? And if it was a way, it's probably hoofball. So, so, uh, historically speaking yeah so yeah. maybe he's gonna <laughs> he's gonna actually uh drive us forward the way that we need yeah. to be full pulis style yes yeah. yeah i mean we're never gonna be the rich club with the with the classy players so we're just gonna have to be the ones that do the dirty properly maybe and uh that potentially takes me on to the next player that i surprisingly want to mention um max you tweeted at half time i believe that you, we needed to stop relying on Johnson, Clark, Harris for the goals. 
Well, I'm not sure we even do anymore because he's just so good. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, one man team springs to mind, and it, I don't think it would be harsh to say that because he's bailed us out so many times. Um, yeah, I said that at half time because it, it was true. We were we were playing some dreadful football, and all we were doing was hoofing it to Johnson and hope he could could turn a, a bad delivery into a goal. And to be honest, he did. So <laughs> <laughs> he just continues to do that. Yeah. yeah, I mean that's a bit harsh. The, the two goals were two decent balls, a good cross from Circum, and uh, a good cross from Holmes Dennis late on. But um, generally, what I'm trying to say is, we, w- the game plan seems to be give it to Johnson and then just watch him try and do something because he got so little support. Nichols was trying his best, but you know, it just doesn't seem to work. I, I'm not a fan of that diamond. It only has one purpose, and that's to try and stay solid, win the ball, and then give it to Johnson. And I think relying on him, as good as he is, I mean, I'm thankful there's only four games left and we're practically safe because I think it would be a bit of a concern if it carried on because, you know, he can't keep scoring every game. I mean, I know he scored 11 and 11, but let's be mathematically sensible here. It's not going to last forever. These things never do. Well, this is the concern. Is that, well, it's not a concern, but um, I think it might. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean... <laughs> 11 and 11 doesn't lie, but uh, what, what I'm trying to say is, what if he gets injured, you know? Or mm. gets sold. Or gets sold in the summer. Well, yeah, that's that's the um, real worry here, isn't yeah. it? But, but that said, going back to what you were saying about uh, Pulis' rugged style that he that Coughlin's got, I think that might be premature in saying that, because we really don't know what his philosophy is, because he's only playing what he thinks is going to get the best results from the current set of players. So... Um, let's uh, like you said I would give him next season now and see what he wants to do with the squad and he deserves that right I think good stuff good stuff well it wasn't just good stuff on the pitch on Saturday um, a fantastic effort was made by Garsheads in the latest North Bristol Food Bank collection uh, Max actually volunteered there last season um, and Mets you did on Saturday uh, perhaps you could tell us a little bit more about the initiative how it came about and tell us a little bit more about the calls um, so yeah we um, got a van um well north bristol food bank uh came over with a van um it was me um jade hicks john spilsbury uh terry's mum i can't remember her name jane jane (laughs) and um and jack and yeah we collected probably about a ton's worth of food um north bristol food bank uh fed four thousand people last year and they've seen a 30 percent increase this year so uh year on year kind of thing so yeah um great calls and yeah if you look for i think it's gases for food banks on twitter you can donate now or you can still go up and give them food they're obviously open all the time but hopefully we'll have another collection a game probably next season now yeah it's always good like gases are so generous it's ridiculous like so much food gets given and money it's it's really good to see and you said tom lockyer Oh yeah, Tom Lockyer gave us a bag as well. That was really nice. Yeah, I did have a look in there. Plain porridge oats from Tesco's, I think. I reckon that's all he eats, to be honest. Captain Fantastic. Yeah, it was. It was very nice to see. Proper centre-back food, that is. Yeah, that is. Definitely. Well, brilliant stuff. Uh, Be sure to follow Gas for Food Banks to hear about Gas Ed supporting the fight against hunger in Bristol. Um, 
let's move on to some questions from you, uh, Gasheads. Uh, we put a tweet out. We've been doing this recently. Please do send in your questions because, well, it gives us something to talk about. I've put in my notes that we're going to call this question time, but don't worry, we won't be discussing Brexit. <laughs> um, so, Alex Clements, we'll start with you. Um, you asked, who should start the last few games, Tariq Holmes-Dennis or Kelly? Um, I find this one particularly interesting as we touched upon it on the last episode. I'm going to open with you, Max. Um, I think we should start both. I think we should be, well, I think we should potentially move into this 4-2-3-1 that Coughlin um, switched to in the last game because we looked really good at it. And uh, Rodman seems to be fit now, uh, back from injury. So I would play Holmes-Dennis left wing and Rodman right wing like we did in those few games around Christmas, New Year time. Also away, uh, South End away, where we got some good good results and some great performances. So I would play Holmes Dennis left wing and Kelly left back because um, I really don't think Holmes Dennis is a left back. I mean he's been pretty poor defensively in the last three four games, um, and he's just so effective further up the pitch that I would look to make him a left winger personally. And uh, Kelly's been really solid this season for a lad his age. And I think he, he deserves to start the, le- the last four games at left-back for me. It's funny that you started with that because Hibsy actually followed that up on Twitter suggesting that. Mets, do you agree? Yeah, I agree with that. I quite like, quite like the sounds of that. Like Max said, when we've played it before, it's it's worked. So, yeah, give it a go. I'd agree as well, to be honest. I think with wow, the... Wow, rare thing. Yeah, yeah. With the, well, yeah, it's a full house there. <laughs> um, I think with the lack of width that we have, he, he has been strong and... Graham kind of turned it around by playing him on the left wing, right? So I wasn't a fan of it at the time because I think playing people in their rightful position is quite important. But um, we hadn't really seen Tariq play at that point. And like you said, I haven't exactly been blown away by him defensively, whether that's fitness related or not. So yeah, give Kelly a chance, I say. Um, Next question is from Tom Cool. What a surname that is, by the way. Um, He asked if there's any ownership gossip. Uh, I think I unfortunately speak for everyone here when I say there is none at the moment. No, I, Anyone I got anything? I haven't heard anything? Well, I was at the the players' awards. Uh, Did you sign an NDA? <laughs> and uh, I didn't hear anything, so probably not. Damn. Well, sorry about that, Tom. Um, Greg Hammock simply tweeted "TV screen?" question mark with the infamous eyes emoji. Um, <laughs> Who wants to start talking about the I'll TV screen? Yeah, I had a lovely view of it from my seat. Uh, yeah, they've taken down the Maple like building services sign or whatever it was. Um, I don't know what on earth the delay is, but I mean, it looks terrible what is there now. I assume the screen's going to go over the top of what that structure is. It doesn't look like a very solid structure, does it? No, that's... that's support a big, expensive yeah, television. Yeah, 30-odd foot screen. Yeah, it's a bit of a worry. Hopefully, it comes with its own stand. I don't know. Do you buy these things separately when you get to that scale for TVs? I don't know. Well, I heard ours was off eBay, so... Uh, <laughs> well, actually, no, I, I made that joke, but I've just remembered where we did buy it from. Uh, didn't we buy it from someone that Steve Lansdowne is a majority stakeholder in? Um, I've heard that also. Yes. Yeah, I've I've seen screenshots from Company's House. Yeah, so that's uh, yeah, it was followed by a a mini meltdown, not a massive one on Twitter, not like a full on blown meltdown, just a mini one. It was quite entertaining, but eh, if it's a bit late, it's a bit late. It's not the end of the world, is it? What are we expecting from this screen? Is this like a like a replay screen? Yes, is it it's like a replay a full screen? Blown. Um, See, I don't really like them. Like when we go Charlton or Warsaw. 
I don't really like that when you see a bit of action on the pitch, you'll just turn around to the screen to mm. see what's going on. I, I'm not a big fan. I just rather. Sometimes I find myself doing that anyway and realize there's nowhere for me to look for the replay um yeah I, i'm just looking forward to actually knowing what the bloody score is because there's nowhere in the ground that says the score and it's like we're a league one especially club. with johnson clark harris in the side there's just so many goals in the back yeah. there. yeah yeah well you know it's like when you've had a few points and you can't remember what the score is i wouldn't know from the box it's more for the time isn't it really it's it's like to know how, how long you've got, what time's on the clock. There's nothing mm. anywhere. You have to look at your watch and sort of think, well, I might And be the birthday shout-outs. Yes. Birthday shout-outs, which would just what make me so... shout-outs? Well, you know, exactly. I want to see my can name... Hear him, can you I want to see my name pop up on the screen. Happy what? birthday. And also, I want to see the GasCast logo pop up on the screen. Did that ever happen with the old screen? Well, the old Never, screen no, was not capable of such a thing. Where's this coming from? Are you, was like, you add in um, features to this new screen? Is this what you're saying? The old is it a wish was list? Like, um, it was like one of those old-fashioned LED yeah. bulby ones. And the new one is like a plasma, big ass. Plasma? Well, I don't know. <laughs> I'm not a TV technician. It's a proper screen. It's not like limited to smaller... You're, you're tacky, Harley. You explain it. Basically, the old screen was awful. And this one supposedly is pretty damn shit hot. Right. So, okay. Get ready. Right. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing everyone's birthdays. That'd be nice. Well, thanks for that talking point, Greg. We, uh, we're really <laughs> glad that we went over that one. Um, we'll end it there for this week's Uh Thanks for sending them in. Continue to send them in, please. We, we enjoyed that, um, especially if they're related to televisions and things like that. Um, moving on to the player spotlight section. Um, I don't believe you two know who I've put down. No, this you? is a complete no surprise. Um, this week's player is James Clark, uh, a player many were surprised to see miss out on the Player of the Season award, including myself. Uh, I'll start with you, Mets. Uh, James. James. Thoughts? I love him. I absolutely love him. And I've said many times that I love him. I think he's brilliant. Well, I mean, technically, as a footballer, he's good. I mean, he can cover the entire back four, which is always a massive plus, especially at this level when you can't have three or four players for each position. Um, but, I mean, everything about his gameplay, he's fully committed. I mean, he had an absolute mare on Saturday. Let's not forget that. he got. It looked like he got took a football to the face. And then after that, he just wasn't right. He was shaking his head and all that. But, I mean, if you ever were broken down by the side of the road and he was even jogging past, he wouldn't have to be driving past. He'd stop and he'd lift up your car single-handedly so you could put the wheel on. If you had some dodgy electrics, he'd come and fix them. If the turnstile broke down, he'd come and do that. He's just an all-round... Can he install a large television screen? (laughs) (laughs) I I wouldn't put it past him. Um, Yeah, I like him a lot. I've got a lot of time for him and he's exactly the kind of player that you do want in the trenches with you when, you know, it's getting tough. I mean, he's, he's got a reputation as a workhorse and he's versatile and he's one of those non-league players that Daryl brought through. And I think everyone was happy that we were going there, but he kind of didn't look... He doesn't get credit for the technical side of his game. Um, but Max, you can't really argue with his performances this season, can Not you? Not at all, no. No, I think he's been good and his crossing has been decent. He's, he's provided more of a threat this year than maybe in previous years. Um, uh, yeah, I think he's really evolved his game. For someone who was... Uh, brought in as a squad player like you say and as until the start of the season was still seen as a squad player it's it's nice to see him take his chance so to speak when Partington was out of form and Ledbetter was injured and you know be so solid at that in that back line and look like a completely new player 
Um, credit has to go to him for that, for adapting his game and and growing as a player. Because a lot of us uh, seem to think that he hit his ceiling when he joined. He was t- what, 25, 26, um, hitting his ceiling after coming from Woking and maybe League 2 was a step too high for him. But to come into League 1 and, and be a dependable, solid right-back who doesn't make too many mistakes, uh, albeit on um, Saturday he did make a few, um, it's great to see and I hope he kicks on next season and uh, it would be a shame if we brought in another right back uh, who instantly replaced him and we didn't see much of James next season because he deserves a team in, a, a space in the team. Well, that's the point that we'll go a little bit further on. I mean, so we've we've touched upon the fact that he's versatile, which kind of automatically puts him down as a squad player. But do you does he have a starting place in next year's eleven for you, Mets? Yeah, I'd like to. I think he's nailed down that right back spot now. And one of the other things is we've actually been able to like use his long throws. Now we've got um, Johnson up front; he can get on the end of it. Um, it kind of gives us an extra attacking threat from throws because I don't know if it's this season alone, but we always seem to lose it at throw-ins. It's really annoying, but it's not the end of the world, I guess. But I'd I'd have him down as my first choice right back. It just depends largely on what Graham wants to do if he wants kind of a bit more of an attacking threat from the fullbacks if we were going to look at wingbacks again for example he's not a wingback fullback he is a stay at home kind of thing and every now and again he will have a charging run into the opposition box and then completely forget where he is and he had one on Saturday where he just was charging at their box and you're thinking go on have a go and he's just like oh god He's getting a nosebleed and he has to stop and turn around. So I think, I think he's won us three penalties this season, James Clark. Really? Yeah. He won us two at Portsmouth um, and he won us another one somewhere else. Yeah, I seem to remember that. Yeah. Oh no, Johnson Clark Harris won the one at Portsmouth. I think he's at least won us two penalties. I think he got one of the ones at Portsmouth, didn't he? Because we he had did, two. Yeah. yeah. And he, he won us another one somewhere else. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we got to interject with that. Would you have him as your first choice right back? Um... I I struggle to answer that because I don't know what we're aiming for. Um, yeah, that's fair enough. I we in the current out of what we've currently got, he would one hundred percent be my starting right back. Um, maybe we would need to strengthen, and maybe he would then become a squad player. But that is somewhat unfair of me because I do think he has been really impressive this season. And I said, I think I said in December that he'd be my player of the season, um, and he still would have been. Um, and also he gains a huge amount of points with every gas I think for the insane trolling of the Plymouth fans um, <laughs> whereby they basically refused to give the ball back to him and he immediately punted one to the back post for Gavin Riley to nod in I mean he basically gets the goal for that one because the touch from Gavin was minimal was minimal yeah <laughs> I think I think if he had missed it it would have gone in anyway to be honest did so, he give it the old cup in the air to the uh... oh he did and and after the final whistle and it was, I mean, it was nice to see Derek Adams getting wound up by us for once when <laughs> normally he gets to do it to us. So, yeah, I think um, I think he's he's probably unfairly dismissed from my side next season. Um, I hope he continues to push on. And also, his attitude in general, I think, is really good. Yeah. Um, you know, he's, I think, off the pitch, he's probably a, a great asset and, you know... That's and also, I I'd point out, I think that right back isn't his best position. I think he's best in the in the back three. Well, there's a debate. Back three, um, on the right of a back three, I think is his best position. That's when I've seen him at his absolute best. Fight club, gas cast, no rules. Max, go. <laughs> 
not for me. Um, I think he's a bit of a bomb scare at centre back. That might be a bit harsh to say, but um, yeah, that we played a back three quite a bit last season with Broadbent, Lockyer, and um, James Clark, and he just doesn't have the pace for that. Thing is, with the back three, is you are more exposed to the to the winger um, by nature because your full your covering wing back is quite often caught out. Um, and then you're having to almost be a fullback yourself, but also whilst being cautious of the space behind you, um, to not let a striker striker get in that space behind you. So it's a very difficult position to play uh, that that outside of a back three. And I don't think James is suited to it. I don't think that's his strongest position. I think he's much better at right back. And um, yeah, going back to what you said about would he be my in a, in a starting eleven for me next season? He definitely would because I think he's solid. And with a with a good winger in front of him in a new system, I think he'll thrive and um, will be solid and also be good going forwards. Um, but I would bring in a new right back, um, a, a more attacking one, similar to Holmes Dennis, but on the right hand side. So if we do need to mix it up, we can do because um, I don't think either Partington or Lebbitt are up to the task at this level. Um, yeah, interesting. So I guess what you're kind of saying there is that. Kelly is is the James Clark at left back, yes. and then you want well Ledbetter should be the Tariq Holmes Dennis at right back, but you don't think he is. No, I don't think he's so for level. for depth. Yes, you want well, the, or, I wouldn't start James every week. It depends on. Oh, I'm getting all Daryl Clark. Each game's a project, um, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it's good to have options. You don't want to be stuck in a one system, and we need a bit of quality there. Maybe someone who can play right wing as well as right wing back. Cool. I think we'll uh, we'll leave James Clark there. Um, any thoughts on James Clark? Tweet him in. Um, I'd be interested to know if everyone else would have had him as player of the season and whether it's just all three of we us. Could, we, could do a, <laughs> we could do an unofficial poll, couldn't we? Yeah. Well, yeah. I we'll think run we're a poll. going to do a, a gas cast end of season's awards of our own. Yeah. Um, but unsurprisingly, we decided to leave it until after the season, yes. which I know is not the, the way that the Rovers it's, do it. But, it's not um, the way, no. But uh, let's focus on the build up. Uh, massive bank holiday weekend of football. Um, four days secure Rovers' survival hopes. Do we think? No, I think we're I think we're safe already. If I'm honest, you think forty nine is enough? I I think it will be. Yeah, because um, we're five points ahead of um, five points clear of the relegation zone. Wimbledon are um, in their their twenty first, so that's yes, they're true. That's true, but. Um, I think there's a team on the same amount of points as them with a better goal difference. Maybe. Yeah. So, so on Friday we face Wimbledon away. Um, we've had some struggles there over the years as well. Um, and I'm Rochd- at Rochdale at home on Monday. Um, you're talking about points. How many points do we expect to be a good return from that? Uh, we can't lose both of them, right? Like, no. <laughs> well, <laughs> you say that. Yeah, you say that. Um, Fight for their lives, both of them. Yeah, absolutely. I think Wimbledon will be the, obviously the tougher one. Um, and I've got a feeling we'll probably lose. I think, I think to be honest, I think I'd agree with you because I think they are insanely confident. This is they. I thought they were down. I cannot they, believe they were they've dead brought and buried. This. Yeah, it's very impressive. Um, and a part of me, oh, don't want to say this. It's controversial, but a part of me, the football fan of me, would love to see them get out of it as well. To be honest, yeah. Yeah, not can, our expense, obviously. No, but obviously. Assuming we are safe, that is a, that is a hell of a recovery. Yeah, compared um, to the teams that are down there, I'd much rather Wimbledon stay up than Rochdale or Scunthorpe or oh. Bradford. Definitely. 
Um, I think Bradford are down, obviously. They're on 36 points. I, I think the maximum they can get now is 48, which I don't think will be enough No, for them. Um, I think Wimbledon, if they can get a win against us, I think they'll drag themselves out of it. Interestingly, the teams that are sliding down there are Plymouth, who are on a terrible run, and Wickham are getting close. They won last week, which massively pulled them out of it, but they were getting really, really close. Well, Walsall are the real droppers, Walsall. right? Walsall are, Walsall oh my are God. pretty much, I would say, they're, they're gone at this stage. And do we think that their demise in form was in any way inspired by the closure of the Saddlers Club. I think, yeah, I think it's kind of one of those karma things, you know? You close your best asset, which is the only good thing in Walsall, um, and this is what happens, basically. So I, I, can, I can see him sliding right down as well. What, back-to-back relegations? I can see it, yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't be shocked. I mean, yeah, like you say. For anyone that doesn't know, the Saddlers Club was, it was a... <laughs> Was Metz's favourite food establishment. It's not funny uh, if you have to explain it. I know, yeah. but um, I'm sure that some people food. do get it. It's, it's a big bar and it's got effort. I'm not going to go through it again because I'm going to get emotional. He loves it. He it loves it. It's emotional. Um, Max, stick with the same team. No. No, Ooh. I'd change it to the 4 2 3 1. Um, yeah, I, I, I would change it up. I was just thinking then maybe we do need to keep it solid because. Wimbledon have been quite good lately, but they did lose four two at home to Gillingham recently. I think yeah, like three of, three uh, weeks ago. Was yeah, it? so I, I would say go for it. Um, we've really got nothing to lose. Uh, it's a bit of a free hit because um, they're in such good form. We've we're on the back of a good win. It's away from home. We're not expected to get anything. Let's just go for it. And I I, I would say Robman's back fit. Uh, get Holmes Dennison one wing, Rodman on the other, Clark Harris up front, and let's put them on the back foot. Um, and then Rochdale at home, you know, if we do lose that game, Rochdale at home, maybe let's go back to being solid and try and grind out a point there. Um, or if, well, hopefully three, but if we yeah. need to grind out the point, we can. See, I'm going to disagree with you totally there and go the opposite way. I'm going to say go solid against Wimbledon, try and get a point, try and nick a win like we did um, against Gillingham or whoever. Um, and then Rochdale basically try and kill him and send him down at home. That's that's my strategy. Coughlin, if you're listening, that's ten pound, please. Yeah, that, that does make <laughs> that does make more logical sense than what I said. Because if, <laughs> <laughs> if we get a point, if we get a point, if we get a point at um, Wimbledon, that's us on fifty. We only need well, we need two points to mathematically definitely be safe. So. Two draws against these next two games will see us safe, I think, definitely. I think even a draw against Wimbledon will probably do it because the teams down there are really struggling. And we've got, now we're up in like 14th, there's a lot of teams in between us and the relegation zone. So, so and we'll play each other as well. Yeah, and we've got a great goal difference. So I, I, I'm almost with Max. I think we're kind of on the cusp of it. I think another point mm, One probably point do it. One point four will probably do it because yeah. we're five points clear, six with the goal difference. So you have to think from four games, those teams down there need to get uh, seven points to overtake us. So two wins and a draw from their last four and us lose all four to overtake us. Yeah, And I can't see them all. Well, I can't see four of them. um, Not four of them. There's four below us and then four in the relegation zone. Yeah. I can't see four of them getting seven points. So I think we're safe personally. I think, yeah, I'd like a point at Wimbledon to make it safe and in the glorious sunshine it's meant to be lush weather I'm going up I'm going to be getting lathered it's going to be great and if we can celebrate on the train back with a point I'll be absolutely chuffed 
I think that just about right. Oh, one last thing. Um, who goes down for you? Well, um, Bradford, obviously. For, for me, well, do you want to go first, Tom? I would take it in turns. I, I'm going to put nominate Bradford because it's the easy one. Yeah, I would say Bradford are going down. Um, Bradford's cheating, basically. Well, yeah. I, I'm, I'm ruling out <laughs> Bradford. You can't do that. I'm going to say Walsall because they've been pretty poor. Yeah. Southend. Southend were dreadful when we went there and they've lost so many games at home to sides in and around them. Um, and they've got a tough last few fixtures. Um, so that's three. And then the last relegation spot, I'm going to say Plymouth. Oh, that is shout. an absolutely that's massive a shout. shout. It's that a big shout, a... but if you look at their fixtures, let me just get it up on the old iPhone. They've got Gillingham away on Friday, which is a tough place to go. Um, Gillingham are more or less safe at this point, so there's less pressure on Gillingham. A lot of pressure on Plymouth, and they Plymouth have been really poor lately. Um, and then they've got Barnsley at home. That says that, that that doesn't need explaining, really. Barnsley are really, really good at the minute. So if they come out of those two games with no points, their final two are Accrington away and Scunthorpe at home. So if it comes down to that last day against Scunthorpe, you know, there's every chance they could go down. Mm. At home, I fancy yeah. them at home against Scunthorpe, though. I reckon, well, what if Scunthorpe... What, it could be, because them and Scunthorpe are next to each other on the table, yeah. it could be loser goes down yeah from could the, easily from be that game so um i'd agree with max i think bradford warsaw south end i'd say rochdale actually i think they've, they've been, been a awful. little bit better under their new caretaker i just reckon the ass is going to fall out of it and they're going to the, go so the main overarching point here is that none of us believe that we will go down and famous last words we all think we're, we're staying up i think we could lose all four and stay up we, yeah we not could. tempting fate. No. Not saying, let's do it, let's see. Yeah. Let's just lose them and find <laughs> out. If Come yeah. on, Graham. <laughs> Gamble. It, it could happen. Um, considering what was it at Christmas, we all said we're 100% going down. In, uh, even with a goal even scorer, a but goal we didn't scorer, expect so. God to be signed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fair. So our predictions aren't, aren't great. Who are you all for then, Harley? Yeah. Um, I'd probably go with yours, Mez, with Rochdale in there. To be honest, because of the crazy bottom half of the table, I've actually lost track of who that fourth that could go down would be. Scunthorpe, I think, at the minute. Scunthorpe, Plymouth, uh, Wimbledon are still in it. It's madness down there. I think Accrington. I think it's that fourth spot that's that's the one up for grabs. I think Walsall and Southend are pretty much a given. Like, I, Walsall I, I think definitely. Accrington's last four are Plymouth, um, Doncaster, Luton and Portsmouth. So they've got really tough last four games. But they're more or less probably gonna maybe yeah. be okay can you remember when like when we got the draw against plymouth we were all pretty much sure that plymouth were completely safe and then yeah. they've just mm-hmm. slid right back into it it's it's mental it's been topsy-turvy yeah it's been interesting to watch obviously we've been right in the thick of it which has been horrible but if we were kind of out of it it'd be lush to watch well it's going to be nice now to watch this kind of relegation battle unfold and oxford as well who were again right in the shit zoomed out of it they're way ahead of us now yeah i did i did check the table i was amazed that oxford were so far yeah. up right i think we'll leave it there gas yeah. um one last thing um i just wanted to remind you if you do need a little more content uh our max alderson over there recently had a chat with steve elliott yes nonetheless um he is brilliant i can say that <laughs> uh max how was it to speak to him oh he's a pleasure to speak to yeah stevie stevie was a dream really he, um, I didn't really need to do much talking. I just said, well, tell me about your career, Steve, and off he went. Um, yeah, some really interesting discussion with him about his time at Rovers, 
um, the highs and the eventual lows of having to leave. Um, yeah, a really great guy and great to chat to. I listened to it and I thought it was very nostalgic. It was a bit weird for me, to be honest, listening to the <laughs> fact that um, that League Two promotion team, it feels like so long ago now. But um, we'll wrap it up there. Um, thanks everyone for listening. Uh, do give us a follow on your social network of choice, um, or you can subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, and frankly, any podcast player. If you can't find us on there, just drop us a message and we'll make sure we are. Um, thanks very much for listening and up the gas. Up the, up gas. the gas. Gascast, a Bristol Rovers fans podcast.